you do not have the right to come into my house, yell death to liberal lawyers, or force flatulent sounds out at my dinner table as an act of freedom of speech. Even if you have a legitimate political grievance directed at me for offending you in a podcast. I offend everyone at one time or another in my podcasts. You do have the right to not listen. You do have the right to troll me on Facebook. And you also have the right to buy and burn my books on your barbecue grill. Actually, it would be better to burn hundreds of my books. Thousands even. Have a bonfire. Email me and I'll send you the Amazon link. But heads up, Trumpers, the Kindle version is not flammable. Order the paperback. Today's podcast is about the First Amendment. I spent five long years arguing one First Amendment case that wound up in the Supreme Court. So I know more than a little about the subject because I've studied, written, argued the law, and wrestled with its meaning and its subtleties. I am not a First Amendment absolutist, and I take the position that there are reasonable limits to freedom of speech. For instance, you cannot use speech to commit or help commit a crime. When I started what turned out to be World War III with the First Amendment community, I thought my position was a natural product of the law and common sense. Most of the rest of the legal world did not. They thought I was the most dangerous thing that had ever happened to the First Amendment, and I was responsible for leading the entire country down the proverbial slippery slope. The slippery slope is like a big scary water slide that empties into a pool of acid, where the Constitution is dissolved, never to be resurrected. After the slide of free speech, the argument goes that they will push the rest of our rights down the slope, and the next thing you know, we aren't going to be allowed to beat up guys who kneel in silent protest at football games. Once that happens, the new Trump First Amendment warriors the guys who would shoot a Muslim for advocating jihad and burn down any platform that gave him a voice, once you take away their freedom to get in the way of other people's freedom of speech, all will be lost. Folks, there are limits to the First Amendment. There always have been. You can't yell theater in a fire station. You'll cause a panic. I'm sure there are some firemen who... Love a good production of Cats, but personally, I would panic if I won tickets and had to go. Anyway, here is what I argued in my case. You cannot intentionally aid and abet murder or any other crime by using speech to help someone or some group commit a crime. You cannot give them the combination to the safe if you work in a bank even if you do it by the spoken or written word. And you cannot open a correspondence school for murderers, which is what my case was all about. An outfit in Boulder, Colorado called Paladin Press, specialized in publishing books on how to commit crimes and terrorist acts, 
knowing and intending that they were helping criminals and terrorists. They said they were protected by the First Amendment. I said, bullshit. I said it a lot of different ways in hundreds of pages of filings, but it always came down to bullshit. This kind of speech isn't speech, and it can't be protected. For expressing that opinion and occasionally using harsh language about them in media interviews, they came after me. Their supporters threatened to kill me. My speech and opinions were apparently not protected. Literally. Anyway, I won, and that pissed the Tim McVeigh crowd off even more. The guys you saw at the Capitol the other day are Tim McVeigh's heirs apparent. Anyway, there are limits. Inciting a riot or assisting criminal acts are just two of them. You see, sometimes slippery slopes are slippery because they're greased by alarmist ideologues. I love the First Amendment, by the way, but there are lines. Freedom to practice your religion does not include freedom to sacrifice virgins. You can believe in crazy shit, but you cannot hurt people because you believe in crazy shit and use that as a defense. And this brings me to the topic of Donald Trump. Everything seems to bring me to the topic of Donald Trump these days. Did the American Caligula incite a riot, and is he protected by the First Amendment? Inciting a riot or insurrection is not protected speech. There's a case called Brandenburg versus Ohio that explains the kind of conduct that is not protected, and if I was a betting man, I would bet that the Supreme Court would rule that Trump tiptoed along the line but probably did not cross over into the land of criminality. Ergo, his speech was probably protected. Which is not to say that the shithead did not incite a coup in lay terms. He did. He should be impeached and banned from using hairspray for the last four days that he holds office. That would be cruel and unusual punishment, but fuck him. My position, I'm sad to say, is that he probably successfully navigated between winking and nodding to his mob, which is protected speech, and incitement to imminent lawless action, which under Brandenburg versus Ohio is not protected. That case says that when you're speaking to a bloodthirsty mob of morons or zombies or moron zombies like Trumpers, you must come pretty close to saying, head for the Capitol and storm it, you brainless nitwits. By the way, they wouldn't have minded being called brainless nitwits because they are brainless nitwits and they don't really hear much that he says when he insults them. My people are so dumb they would support me if I shot somebody on Fifth Avenue. Yep, that's us. So, I don't think his imbecilic and vomitous remarks cross the line. But it's close, and there are probably some heavy hitters in the First Amendment community and good prosecutors who disagree with me. But hey, I'm trying to hold on to my First Amendment creds here. All of this brings me to Donald getting kicked off Twitter and Facebook. 
which I think is hysterical because he's so angry that his hairspray may spontaneously combust. Sean Hannity's head may explode in simpatico. I hope they get film. Well, the conservative media and politicians are in a state of mass hysteria. It's a violation of his rights, which is why I thought I would give this First Amendment lecture for morons. Sean, Donald, listen up. You have the right to express your opinions, however deranged they may be. You do not have the right to come into my house, spew your hateful and insane worldviews at a dinner party I am hosting. Do you know why? Because it's my house, you imbeciles. I decide who comes into my house and what is acceptable. Like I said, I'm not a First Amendment absolutist. If you want to preach about intolerance, bigotry, and white supremacy, you can go to Stephen Miller's house. I'm pretty sure the little fascist shithead will welcome you with open arms. To the leaders of the insurrection at the Capitol, I will make you the following deal. If you could respect the rights I have to say who comes into my house and whether they should be allowed to disrupt my dinner party blathering about taking the country back, I will promise to refrain from coming to your house and blathering about how you should be cooking your crystal meth. Here's what the First Amendment says, numbnuts. I wonder what the plural of numbnuts is. It says, Congress shall make no laws abridging freedom of speech or religion. I ain't Congress. So stay out of my dining room and shut the fuck up on your way out the door. Facebook and Twitter are the private corporate equivalent of private property. So they have the right to say, get out and don't come back, you fat, ugly, orange turd. They can make the rules for freedom of speech in their house. They own it. Now, this raises legitimate issues about how much power they have and how much of the market they control because they are, it can be argued, for all practical purposes, the only game in town. And that may raise serious antitrust issues involving monopoly and unfair competition. But what it does not raise is a First Amendment issue. Might it piss off the Trump moron brigade even more by banning their dear leader? An argument can be made that they really need a deranged brain disease spokesman who articulates his thoughts at a fourth grade level because it raises the bar for these guys. But please do not mistake me for somebody who gives a shit about pissing zombie terrorists off. Negotiating with morons or terrorists is a decidedly futile act. Well, that ain't fair. Facebook and Twitter got too much power. We ought to have laws that make them respect the people's rights. Oh, I see. We. We. Would that be the royal we? Would that be we as in we the people acting through the government? The same government that you want to tear down and keep out of our lives should take over Twitter? 
and they should make the decisions about freedom of speech? Interesting. In this brief lecture, I have defended Donald Trump's right to speak like a deranged imbecile. I've thought long and hard about my position that he could not and should not be successfully prosecuted for the crime of incitement of a riot or incitement of insurrection. I don't believe in locking people up because they are flaming assholes. But when I sign off and nobody is listening, I'm going to turn to my dogs and I'm going to say, fuck him. I hope they convict him of criminal incitement and insurrection and put him in a cell with four horny MS-13 guys and take away his hairdresser and his tanning bed. But that will only be if nobody is listening. 